1: Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Ethan Sternkey. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Also by Audible. Get two free books when you sign up at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. Here we are, episode 66 of SwitchCraft. Uh, I have some feedback from you guys. Actually, I've got a lot of feedback from you guys. So much, in fact, that I can't possibly get to it all today. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Giga Tiga reviewed the show. I like that name. It's cool. Uh, they said, I just bought a Nintendo Switch after not having a console since the Nintendo 64. And I subscribed to several podcasts to get up to speed on news, reviews, etc. And out of all of the ones that I subscribe to, this is the one that I did not unsubscribe from. This so far has been the best Switch podcast I've discovered so far. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much for the review, Giga. You are awesome. And I'm really happy that the Switch brought you back to console gaming. Uh, I actually moved away from console gaming for a really long time myself, uh, mostly because they don't have a whole lot of MMOs. On consoles, and that was like my main that was well that was what I was playing all the time so uh now that I'm back into console gaming, I'm having an absolute blast playing on my switch, and uh it's a lot less of a headache than p c gaming is. I will say that much uh in fact now uh, well I'll talk about Phantom Trigger later um I also got a tweet from Arebidopsis Arabidopsis. I think I've butchered your name. Uh, Sorry about that, man. Thank you for tweeting at me. They said, any idea slash whispers when or if Virtual Console will be coming? Uh, Right now, there's no idea or whispers. But if I were just to make an educated guess, my educated guess would be that we'll probably see um, uh, Virtual Console come in January Alongside of when we first start getting charged for the online service, since they're going to be giving us those classic games, then, however, that's what I think would might happen. I think what's more likely to happen is that they'll actually wait until E three next year before they give us a Virtual Console. Um, I know that a lot of people are clamoring for Virtual Console, which, by the way, I don't think they're going to call it Virtual Console, but we've heard a few interviews. Thing, where they've said things like, we're still trying to work out what we want to do with Virtual Console. We're definitely going to be getting classic games uh, through the subscription uh, for the Nintendo Online service that we're currently getting for free uh, as a trial. So when you're playing online in Splatoon, that's a trial, okay? You're going to have to pay for online like you do on other consoles later on. And part of that subscription, which is... a year, it's a very good deal. Um, You're going to get a few classic games every month. And I guess these classic games will also have online functionality. So you'll be able to play Dr. Mario, the original Dr. Mario, but online, which is very cool. I'm very excited about what they're going to do with that. Now, are they going to have other virtual console stuff? I don't know. What I do hope that happens is that... I think, first off, Nintendo wants to move away from uh, the nomenclature of Virtual Console, and want they want to move uh, towards something else, something that involves the word classics, I think. And when we've got the NES Classic right now, it's definitely cool. Very few people actually were able to get one. I'm one of the lucky ones. We've got the SNES Classic coming down the pipeline, and they have said it aren't these devices kind of like a virtual console this is that was coming from a nintendo representative when they were asked about virtual console so i guess what we have to look forward to is hope or hope for is that they're going to release those games on the switch maybe as a bundle and i know that there's been speculation about that for a while but i think personally that that would be fantastic because the the overall package of the NES Classic is fantastic. It's very, very well done. The software is excellent. The emulation is very good. I love how you have multiple save states for each game. Um, But not very many people actually get the chance to play it because people just couldn't get their hands on a system. So wouldn't it be great if they sold it as a cartridge? You know, here is the NES Classic cartridge edition. And you can go into a store and buy that. Or here is the SNES Classic cartridge edition. Or here is the Nintendo 64 one. Uh, that's something that I would like to see. Now, I'm sure that there are some people that will say, hey, listen, Bill, um, there's Game X that is not on that system. Are they going to sell that? I am shrugging my shoulders right now. You can't see it, but I am. I don't know. Nobody can really figure out what the hell Nintendo's thinking. Um They've they've got some weird mystery gas between them and us, and we can't figure it out. But I really hope that that's what happens. Uh, What are you guys hoping for? Are you hoping for more virtual console stuff uh, from Nintendo? Do you think that they're going to uh, bring your previous purchases on your 3DS and Wii U and move them forward to the Switch so that you don't have to rebuy that stuff? Um, I know that there's a lot of people out there who, when they bought their Switch, they traded in their stuff. Uh, and so now these games that they bought, they can't play anymore. And that's, that's gotta be a little upsetting to those people. Uh, true. They could just emulate it and and ethically I wouldn't have any, any problem with them emulating games that they've paid for. Um, although legality that, that's a gray area, um, Anyway, thank you very much for tweeting at me, Arabidopsis. Oh, I think I said it right that time. Um, if you guys want to tweet at me, make sure that you just uh, add at runjumpstomp to your Twitter feed, and then anytime you get a Nintendo musing, send a message. Let me know. All right, we've got a voicemail today. I'm going to play a voicemail, and it's actually funny. I've had voicemail uh, ready to go on the show since the beginning. I've always had um, some voicemail ready, but I haven't, I've only ever gotten one voicemail and the guy asked me not to play it on the show. And then yesterday I got three. So kind of weird. I'm only going to play one today. So I'm, I'm going to shut up while we uh, listen to this and then uh, we'll get started.
0: Hello, uh, switchcraft. This is Justin from Pennsylvania. Uh, I just started listening and I heard that you had a voicemail line. So I wanted to call you're talking, um, uh, today about a game called severed and uh, you're saying it was a mobile first game. Um, actually I do want to say it was actually on the, the Vita first. Um, I actually have played it on the Vita and I highly recommend it. It is awesome. It has a really deep game. Um, it was made, it's made for a handheld. I think it would be better on handheld. Um, but it's such a cool like art style and drink box is amazing. They, um, I believe they did, uh, what was like a, uh, Game called like Mutant Blob from Space and then the guacamele, They're all their games are really good. This is no exception. I'd highly recommend Severed. It's not just a mobile port. It has already been on a handheld before with uh, with physical controls. So there's you know it's the physical controls were were thought about in but the touch was always in there because the Vita has a touch screen as well. So just wanted to say that um, definitely worth checking out. I think I might pick it up for my Switch as well. But thank you so much for the show. I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to listening to all your future episodes. So thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye.
1: And thank you so much for calling in. If you want to know the phone number that you can call, the phone number is 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And you're right. I did. I that game is by Drinkbox Games, and that is the only reason that I am semi interested in it. Um, I'm curious because they didn't say anything about what the controls uh, were like. They sh- they simply in the video showed swiping across the screen. How did they? How did they um, accomplish the kind of precision slicing that you seem to have to do in the game? using controls. That's very curious to me. Um, and so did, did my, I guess my other question for you, um, Justin, <clears throat> sorry, Justin, is when you played Severed, you played it on the Vita, correct? Did you have to use the back touch panel or was it just using the front touch panel? And and if you weren't using the touch at all, how did the controls play for just button controls. I'm very curious about that. But thank you very much for calling in. I've got two more voicemails, but I'm going to save those for another day. Um, The last bit of... we've, We've also got an email today. Carl emailed the show. He said, "Hey there, hope you are well. Just a quick note to say how much I enjoy the Switchcraft podcast. I've not been able to leave a review. My podcast service does not do reviews. It's no big deal, man. Just the fact that you're listening and downloading the show is definitely enough. If you if if you are using uh iTunes or if you have access to iTunes and you want to review the show, that always helps, but by no by no means do 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 you should you feel that you need to. Um" I really appreciate your more mature, non-biased approach to Nintendo-related stuff. You're not afraid to point out when something is bad with Nintendo. A couple of quick questions about Splatoon 2. I really enjoyed the Splatfest, but I hate giving my t-shirt back. Me... Two, It drives me crazy. In Splatoon 1, it drove everybody crazy then, too. So we don't understand why Nintendo wants to do that. Um, do you think it would be good to keep them? Absolutely. It would be awesome to keep them, because I would love to be able to wear my ketchup shirt or my uh, ice cream shirt later on in the year, or even just have a gallery of all of the different shirts that I have. Um I'm not going to read all of the rest of that because I kind of just addressed that stuff. He also said, do you think they will ever add offline play for the multiplayer modes, i.e. a turf war with bots? I, You know, it's funny. I can't believe that that's not in because that is something that would be really good for people to be able to practice even if they don't have an internet connection. Um that's a really great idea and I don't think I've heard anybody say that before. And he even brings up another thing. I play Mario Kart 8 Deluxe battle mode with bots all the time and it's not too bad. And you're right. You know, a lot of times I will just fire up Mario Kart and play offline uh just when I need just when I want a quick fix and I'm not into really doing much, you know, kind of zoning out and maybe I'm re- listening to a book or um on Audible or a podcast, and uh, I really think that that's a great idea, and they should definitely do something like that. I'll give, give people a way to practice uh, offline, um, but thank you very much, Carl, for emailing the show. If you want to email the show, email at runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Uh, last note before we jump into the news is I was a guest on the Power Time podcast, um, make sure that you subscribe to that um, podcast. He he uh, does kind of a retrospective on Nintendo Power, the magazine, which is very cool. And this summer, he's taking off uh, from his regular episodes to interview people. And he invited me to come on his show. And, um, you know, we recorded it the other day and uh, I had a lot of fun. It was a really great conversation. And so make sure that you re- you subscribe to his podcast so that you can see Um, so that you can listen to my interview on there. All right, that was a long bit of feedback, so let's jump in to the news. Well, everybody, fire up your Switch, open up that News tab, and up on the top, there's a brand new channel for you, Tips of the Wild, which I don't like the name of. It's It's not easy to remember, but that's okay. What is this all about? Well... It's general tips on how to play the game. And when you launch the game from the tip, it gives you whatever it was talking about. Well, the first tip gives us apples and raw meat. And a lot of people are disappointed with this. Honestly, I'm not surprised. I I know that people were wondering, is this some new stuff? Are we going to be getting um, crazy loot? Um... You know, I speculated just like everybody else did, but you can't be surprised that they're giving us apples and raw meat. I mean, I will say apples are always useful. You always want to have apples with you in case you come upon one of those weird Korok things where you got to drop an apple in the bowl that doesn't have an apple in it. And uh, you always got to cook food. You got to cook food in Zelda. You're going to die unless you're one of those crazy people who can never who never gets hit by, by monsters. So... They're giving you useful stuff. I would, I would, I would prefer arrows. Not even bomb arrows or ice arrows. Just regular old arrows would be uh, fantastic. Because I always seem to be running out of those, and then I got to go to a stable and find Beetle and listen to him go oh and make his weird noises, and then buy some arrows, and then look at the sad, sad, disappointed look on his face when I don't buy anything other than arrows. I just—he is. He is like an arrow treasure chest for me. I uh, insert coins, outcome come arrows. Uh, but anyway, enough about Beetle. Uh, what do you guys think of the channel update? Are you disappointed? Are you happy with it? Um, I'm kind of just shrugging. I don't care. Whatever. It's fine. Uh, we'll see what else there is. It's, it's cool, I guess. Uh, it's not something that I expected. Basically, we're going to a website and getting an in-game item. That's really weird to me uh to see that come in a Zelda game or any Nintendo game for that matter uh kind of odd um what do you guys think
0: Well excuse me
1: princess Mr. Soliani also known as the Ubisoft crying man who was so moved by seeing his hero up on stage talking talking saying awesome things about the game that he made Uh, That game being Mario Plus Rabbids and Shikiro Miyamoto was up on stage and the guy just couldn't contain himself. He was so moved by that, which I mean, tell the truth, you would be too, Um, or at least I would be. Uh, But anyway, Mario Plus Rabbids, he has tweeted on the tweeters that Mario Plus Rabbids will be 900p, 30 frames per second docked and 720p, 30 frames per second portable. Now, I know that there's people out there that are like, oh my God. Why are these numbers so low? I like my numbers to be higher than little numbers. I only like big numbers, and little numbers are bad. I understand where you're coming from, but you know, put away the pitchforks, douse the uh, the old torches, and just calm down. This is a strategy game, and not only that, it's a turn-based strategy game, so having a super high frame rate is not really that important. And I would prefer that we get complete stability over peaks and valleys so I'm I'm happy with 900p 30 frames per second guess what other game is 900p 30 frames per second a little game you might have heard of uh, Zelda Zelda is 900p 30 frames per second and when I play that game I think it looks gorgeous and awesome and it reminds me that the switch is actually a pretty powerful little piece of hardware so I think these are good numbers uh, and 720p, 30 frames per second, and portable. Awesome. I'm I'm very happy with that. It would be nice if it was 1080p, but to be fair, you probably wouldn't notice. I mean, I'm sure that there's some people out there, they pushed up their glasses when I said that. They said, excuse me, sir, I would notice. Let me rephrase. I wouldn't notice. I wouldn't notice the difference between 900p and 1080p. And I my guess is that most of the population is with me on this. They probably just wouldn't notice. Um, frame rate's much more important, but in a strat- in a turn-based strategy game, it's not a, that big a deal to be locked at 30. As long as we don't drop below 30, as long as it's stable, it's going to be just fine. Which way you go? No. The developers of the new... Pokemon game, we're talking to Game in, Informer. Uh, that was producer, director, and composer uh, Junuchi uh, Masuda. Sorry, I said his name wrong. Uh, and, oh gosh, what's the other guy's name? I've forgotten. Uh, Shigeru Omori. Uh, and he, he worked on Sun and Moon. Um, they talked about what's it like developing a Pokemon game for the Switch. Uh, And what they said, they they didn't really say a lot. Uh, What they did say is that there's going to be a lot new and different about this game compared to old Pokemon games, which is cool. And for those of you that don't really follow Pokemon, uh, Pokemon has never a a mainline RPG style Pokemon got to catch them all kind of game. That has never been on a console before. All of the The console games from Pokemon have been like these other different style of game. So a lot of people have been asking for a console version uh, of a uh, tried and true and tested um, Pokemon game for a very long time. Uh, The developers said they're very interested to see how people will play the game since they're going to have options now. They're going to be able to take it with them if they want to go someplace. They're going to be able to um, play it just at home. Uh, they they did say that they know expect expectations are high and that they are definitely going to try and meet those expectations. Not a huge surprise. It's not like they're going to say, I know that expectations are high, but we're going to do whatever we feel like doing anyway, so shut it. Um, so, again, there were a lot of non-answers, but the video was funny. They even... They found, uh, they were shown forum posts, uh, some of them from like five years ago of people asking uh, for a Pokemon game on the, on a console. And then they would look at the camera and be like, hey, it's on its way. Uh, it was very funny. Uh, I suggest you watch the whole interview. Just check out the link in the show notes and you can watch the whole interview. Uh, it's very good. And um, I'm excited. I'm not really a huge Pokemon guy, but the idea of playing Pokemon uh, on my Switch might get me back into it. Uh, Hopefully, the story is just a little more interesting to me. I know a lot of people will uh, yell at me about Sun and Moon having a fantastic story. I was bored after the first island I stopped playing, and I know a lot of people are going to yell at me, but I've never really been a Pokemon guy. I didn't play the original games. In fact, the first Pokemon game that I ever played was X Y. I had a lot of fun with it. It had a terrible story, I thought. Uh, Then I played ORAS, which was okay. I liked the mechanics in it. Again, I didn't really care about the story. I just felt it was kind of boring. Uh, Nothing super interesting. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that Sun Moon has a fantastic story, but I was just bored. It just didn't catch me. So... Hopefully, the one on the console on the Switch is going to have something that's a little more gravitating for me. That's what I'm hoping for. Anyway, there you go. Make sure you watch that video because it was actually pretty cool. Tune in during Gamescom 2017 for live Super Mario Odyssey and Metroid Samus Returns presentations. Uh, I'm sure that these are going to be at the um, YouTube channels and uh, Twitch channels, Uh, so make sure that you um, follow those uh, on Twitch, because it's going to be cool, I'm sure. I'm excited to see more Super Mario Odyssey. That game looks so fantastic, and all of the other podcasters, like, I listen to uh, uh, Nintendo Voice Chat, uh, and they have have had multiple experiences playing the game and they are so excited for it like it is the only game that i think has a possibility to take best game of the year away from breath of the wild for me personally uh anyway that's coming on august 23rd and 24th so it, tune in on the 23rd and you can watch mario odyssey turn it tune in on the 24th to watch samus returns that one, I'm less interested in watching at all. Um, I'll play it. Well, Will I play it? I kind of want to pre-order it, but at the same time, it's on the DS, and I am not a huge fan of playing on my DS. I haven't touched my DS, except to make sure that it's charged, since I got my Switch. The only game that interests me enough to bring to bring me back to my DS is Metroid Samus Returns. But even that might not be enough, mostly because I'm a streamer. I like to stream games on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash run, jump, stomp. And I can't stream them on Twitch because I don't have a 3DS with a capture card. They're, they're way too expensive. It's not something I can afford to do. So... I don't know if I'm going to get Metroid Samus Returns because my 3DS is littered with games that I bought but didn't play because I couldn't stream them. That's one of the main things that I wanted from the Switch is to be able to play Nintendo games with HDMI out. That's all that I wanted. And I'm so happy that I got that. Uh, And, you know, if you look at what I have streamed on Twitch, it's been Nintendo stuff pretty much nonstop since the Switch came out. Uh, So, you know... It's working out very well for me. What do you guys think? Should I pick up Metroid Samus Returns even if I fear that I won't play it because I can't stream it? Who who out there is excited for Metroid Samus Returns? And my I guess my last question is how many people don't have their 3DS anymore because they traded it in when they got their Switch? Uh are you going to pick up another uh DS so that you can play that game? You know, there that that's another question for you. All right, let's move on. I'm number one. Well, here's a really strange story. Uh, the the Nintendo, well, okay, the Dutch Nintendo site, which uh, has since changed this. This is um, Nintendo.nl uh, had, for some reason, listed Tony Hawk's Underground 2 the other day. Now, there's a screenshot, which you can see in the show notes, and if you go to the actual site, it's not there anymore. So what is going on here? Tony Hawk's Underground 2, which it was a GameCube game. Why did that get listed? I mean, of all of the GameCube games to get listed on Nintendo's site, this is probably the weirdest idea because I think they, they had some kind of licensing issue and all digital versions of that game were removed, I think. Um... So if you want to get it, you have to go out and find an actual physical copy someplace. But Tony Hawk's Underground 2. Why that game to be listed a GameCube game on the Dutch Nintendo site? Uh, so it's very strange. D- does Is this um, a telling that Nintendo is going to be having GameCube virtual console games on the Switch? I don't know it still doesn't have an analog triggers and the GameCube had an analog trigger. So maybe I'm sure that they can find some way to work around that. But if they were, it's so weird because if they were going to make a, if they were going to make a mistake and post a GameCube game on there, you'd think it would be one from Nintendo, not one from a third party. Um, The only, and, and how could you possibly post a GameCube game on the site by accident. I can understand some schmo doing it uh, on Amazon or on like uh, GameStop's website, but on Nintendo's website, that's really weird. What do you guys think it means? Double rainbow all the way. (laughs) Well, that's it for the news today, guys. But real quick, I want to talk about a game that I played yesterday, and that's Phantom Trigger. It actually comes out today. Today's uh, August 10th. Um, So by the time you hear this, the game will probably be on the eShop. I played it for three or four hours yesterday. I played probably two hours solo, and then my son joined me for some... Uh, co-op this is all this was all streamed on my twitch site uh, twitch page so if you want to check out uh, what the game is like make sure you head on over to twitch.tv slash run jump stomp and watch um, uh, one of yesterday's video but my son and I had an absolute blast playing this game now if you don't know anything about um, this game let me tell you what the developers refer to it. They say Phantom Trigger is a hardcore neon slasher. Neon being an operative word here. With RPG elements, the game melds a rich combo system, also true, with a surreal story, very weird, uh, and a pulsating soundtrack to create something uniquely its own. Uh, They say it has a branching story with four alternative endings, five distinct worlds to explore. I did two of them so far. Uh, estimated seven plus hours of gameplay. That sounds fine. Uh, And it has a deep combat system focusing on unlocking combos and upgrading weapons. And it has local co-op. And my son and I popped the Joy-Cons off, and I handed handed him the blue one. I had the red one, and we played and we had a whole lot of fun. I really thought, and, and by the way, it's like a top-down action style game. Um and you've got like these three abilities. You've got a sword attack, you've got a whip attack, and you've got a punch. And the sword attack is blue, the whip attack is green, and the punch is red. And Uh, you can combo those things. So if you do a uh, sword sword punch, it'll uh, do a certain thing. And if you do a sword sword whip, it'll like freeze an enemy in front of you. Um, And it's got a bunch of different combos. Now the game doesn't really teach you anything, you kind of have to figure it out on your own, but they've designed it in such a way that it feels okay to do so. Um, I'm currently writing a review on it. Well, okay, I'm I'm currently thinking about what I'm going to write for my review on it, um, but I would definitely recommend the game. It's $15 on the eShop, and it is well worth the money. I, again, I haven't finished the game. The story is absolutely bananas. Uh, I won't say anything about the story, because I want you to feel just as surprised as I did uh, when, you, when you're when you playing it, because I was like, what the hell is going on? That is weird. Um But Phantom Trigger is very good. Now, one of my misgivings about it, uh, and this is going back to earlier when I said that, you know, it's so much easier to play on console than it is to play games on a PC. Uh, And that is because they gave me a copy for the PC on Steam, and I downloaded that, and I played it, and then my son tried to join me, and I couldn't get the game to recognize the second controller. And then every day after that, when I tried to play it, I couldn't get it to recognize any controllers for some reason. Uh, and then when I got the Switch version, everything was like butter. Super, super easy to uh, to set up and Switch controllers. Very, very good. Uh, so it's just easier to play uh, games on consoles. And that's what I was talking about before. Uh, something else that... Um, one One thing that I was worried about with the game is when I was playing through, I was you know the, the the developers specifically say in the game you are your own enemy, uh, and I think that that's kind of multiple layers to that 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 sentence there. But when I was playing, I felt like I was getting in my own way quite often. Like I would I would do a teleport and move to a spot, and it would I would end up getting hurt or whatever. Um, and I thought having my son join me and adding another person into the mix would make things even worse but it doesn't. I feel like this game absolutely shines in co-op. It's so much better to play in co-op than it was in uh, solo mode. It was very fun to play in solo mode and I had a lot of fun with it, but when he joined me in co-op, it was like it was the perfect balance and I had so much more fun. Uh, We even had this cool ability and I really love that the developers did this. In solo mode, I have this one combo that makes these three ice shark fins come out on the ground and they go out like in a fan in front of me and then turn around and come back and they damage things both directions well when you're playing in co-op mode is very cool when i sent out that shark combo they the they go out in a fan in front of me and then they went over to my son's character instead so we would like i would see where he is and i would move to like the other side of the screen and i would use that combo and then they would go across and it really just unlocks Things that you can do, and if you team up on the monsters, you can take them out faster. Uh, so it, it it encourages you to communicate with the person that you're playing with and make sure that you're on the same page and that you want to do the same thing. So if you haven't picked up Phantom Trigger, I'm here to tell you that it's a really good game and you should. Uh, Fifteen bucks, it's well worth it. Uh, I would pay more for this game, honestly. I think that they would have probably been fine at $20, but for $15, i am certainly not going to complain. Uh, so anyway, that's my, my quote-unquote review of uh, Phantom Trigger. I may write a review and post it on the site. I don't know. I'm not so good at that as I am just kind of talking off the cuff. Um, but, you know, we'll see couple of quick stories for the lightning round. First off, Darkest Dungeon developer, there I always love alliteration. Says there is always a chance of a Switch version. I really hope that the game does come to the Switch. If you haven't played Darkest Dungeon, it's very very cool. It's a very dark game uh like kind of not 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 like gory. I mean, there's blood in it and stuff, but it's kind of like got a an oppressive overtone to it. Um very cool hand-drawn art in the game, and uh, it's a 2D side-scrolling game where you're not really... It's not like a platformer, but you kind of side-scroll your way through a dungeon, uh, and I like the way that the game gives you choice. You have to decide, am I going to continue to try and complete my quest, or am I going to run away because the game is very unforgiving of mistakes and is very difficult Um it also has a whole lot of replayability. And it would be a very good game on the Switch, I think. My only um, my only misgiving about this would be how easy would it be to read the text on the Switch's portable screen? Because it's kind of small. And even at 720p, it would be kind of hard to read some of the text. So uh, hopefully they'll find a way around it. Again, he's just saying there's always a chance. That doesn't mean that we're definitely... Uh, getting it. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, another quick story is Molly Carroll. She works at Chucklefish. She says that she is currently testing Stardew Valley on the Switch, which is very cool. And then the last story in the show notes is that Tumble Seed, which I actually wrote a review about, I don't know, when it first came out, I can't remember now, a while ago, Um, that game is getting a battle mode along with some other uh, upgrades. So make sure you check that out. I I personally didn't like Tumble Seed, but I could see how people would like it. Uh, It just wasn't a game for me. And if you don't know what Tumble Seed is, you uh, control this vine. And uh, the left stick raises the left side of the vine up. The right stick raises the right side of the vine up. And you have to balance a seed on the vine and move it back and forth uh to get the seed to the top of a mountain it sounds weird it is weird it's way too hard for me i would i got very frustrated with the game but i can see if you are good at that kind of thing then you would probably enjoy it that is all that we have time for today if there's a story that i missed or some topic that you want me to discuss, let me know. Uh, I've gone over all the different ways that you can get a hold of me at the beginning of the show when we had all of the feedback from you guys. Keep that feedback coming. I really appreciate it. If you haven't joined the discord yet, make sure you head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord and join in that conversation that has been happening uh, all the time. We have a lot of fun talking in there. And of course, don't forget to stop by the live stream sometime, uh, twitch.tv slash run jump stomp. Um, if you're looking for ways to support the show, free way to support the show, head on over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review of the show. It definitely helps us get higher in the rankings. Um, another free way to support the show if you use Amazon is to go to Amazon or go to runjumpstompcom slash support and use my Amazon affiliate link. Uh, Another way that you can support the show is by buying stuff from my wife's Etsy shop. That's Doc Socks and Zippered Pouches. And I've got some good news for people. I've had quite a few people saying, hey, Bill, are you guys going to have Splatoon-themed fabric? And the answer is yes. She ordered it yesterday. We've been insanely busy remodeling the house. Uh, So her sewing room right now, it looks like an explosion has happened in there because we've just kind of been setting things in there as we do different stuff. Um, But she ordered the Splatoon fabric yesterday. Now, it's going to have to come all the way from Japan. And I don't know how... They didn't give us an estimated shipping date. So we don't know when it will arrive. But make sure you head on over to etsy.com slash... Uh, shop slash run jump stomp so that you can uh, favorite the shop and then you can find out when we get that uh, Splatoon fabric in. Uh, anyway, if you're looking for it, ent- there's lots of different ways you can support the show and they're all listed at run jump support. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, And again, thank you to Noteblock for using the Balloon Trip remix music. Special thanks goes out to Dazme, Dr. Panda, G.I. Jello, and T.F. Wagner for listening to the show live. If you guys join the Patreon, you can listen to the show live too. I'm out of here, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Witchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere they like to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel you get to keep the books if you decide to stay on and you probably will get one book every month for $14.95 in addition you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases cancel anytime your books are yours to keep even if you cancel you can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible